All right, we're at morning prayers. The day after, Kobe Bryant scored 60 points in his final game, shooting 22 for 50. Started off uh, really badly, but he turned it around, scored 17 straight in the fourth quarter to win the game. Rashad is beside himself with joy. Toya could not care less. Becca looks very confused, and Bella looks as serene as always. And the Warriors won their 73rd game, breaking the record for most wins in a season. It's a big morning, guys. It's a whole new world. Okay, greeted with zero enthusiasm. Mark chapter 3, we're going to start with verse 13. We're only supposed to read to verse 19 today, but I'm actually going to read through verse 35. Um, And we'll make up for that during the weekend. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those who he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Uh, to them he gave the name Boar- <laughs> Boanerges, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, Judas Iscariot, who, though we are not there yet, he gives the moniker who betrayed him. Um, I feel a little bad for Judas a little. You know, I mean, he can't even get his first name out there without it being highlighted that he betrays him. What's I don't his know. first name, last name? Do what? It's his first name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, let's be very clear who this person was. Um, it is, I also feel a little bad for like the, the other eight who aren't the first four. The other ones get names and they, uh, well, one gets the betrayer, but you know. All right. Verse 20, then Jesus entered a house and again, a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not able, were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him for they said he is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. So Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. I tell you the truth, all the sins and blasphemies of men will be forgiven. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they are saying he has an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brother arrived, brothers. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are looking outside for you. Who are my mother and brother? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Bella seems very excited by the word of God this morning. She bangs the table and laughs in exuberance as the joy of the Lord and the Holy Spirit fills her. Um, Yeah, so we've we've got these 12 apostles. Um, the Greek word there, not 
didn't make tons of difference, but is the word apostolos, and it means the sent ones. Um, so all that specifically means are those who have been sort of like designated, set aside. There's something in them to, like there's a particular task or a sort of like sentness within them um, that that will be like the mark of their life in the kingdom, like they're sent. Um, oftentimes you see them crossing different boundaries um, that have never been crossed before or haven't been crossed in that context in a long time. Um, we've got Jesus talking about, like one of the things to notice, by the way, in verse 20, it says, then Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. It's really important to notice, particularly in the first half of Mark, the way in which um, they keep highlighting that people are, are coming to Jesus because there's going to be a big change that's coming. Um, and so they're going to keep talking about like the crowds are coming, the crowds are coming, the crowds are coming. They can't get away. They can't get away. They can't get away. Um, so it's like the writer, John Mark, is going to constantly underline uh, in the first nine chapters, crowds, 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 people, 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 popular, popular, popular. Um, and then it's going to turn on a dime. And so it's just an interesting thing to note about the book. Um, Jesus gives some really practical things. He's like, hey, really hard to be a demon in me in Beelzebub because you can't have these two warring things that are pointed in the same direction. It doesn't exactly work like that. Um, then he, he kind of jumps to like uh, sort of what it's like to, uh, to be in warfare with evil. And he talks about like a strong man in a house. He's like, look, you can't, you can't go into this other man's kingdom, like his house, if you haven't first bound the strong man. Like you actually, like if he's really big and you're really small, he's going to do some damage. So you have to like deal with him first. And then you go into, like, his house and his territory. Um, so giving, like, a picture of what it's like when we're going up against the evil one, that there are all sorts of things that we need to be binding and praying up against. Makes us think probably of uh, Ephesians chapter 6. It talks about, like, a 6? Yeah, 6. Where our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the rulers and the principalities of this world. Um, and that there's a particular way you'll notice um, with Jesus and Mark and uh, also in Luke, the way in which they do battle with the powers and the principalities and like just recognizing that they're there and that there's stuff that you have to do with them. Um, the thing that particularly stuck out to me this morning as I was reading was this passage um, from John 30, excuse me, Mark 3 verses 31 through 35, um, where his mom and brother show up and he's in this house. It's probably, um, Peter's house. Um, best, like whenever he's in, uh, I think he's in Capernaum right now. Um, this is where Peter is from. And as best we can tell, he had three different bases that he would stay at when he was in different places in Israel. So if you think about Bethany, um, where he was the home of like Lazarus and Mary and Martha, that was one of his bases, but it's in a different part of Israel than Capernaum is. And so this is another one of his bases that he would operate out of, like a regional base that he would kind of go in and out of. Um, and Peter's house, uh, particularly, I think it's his mother-in-law. I mean, it's his house, but it's like mother-in-law is staying there. Um, you can actually still visit. They just found what they believe to be his house a few years ago. Um, and it confirmed what many people thought, which was that actually Peter's family was somewhat wealthy. Um, sort of like in another gospel, what we see that Peter is doing is that he and his brother um, are fishing, but they're doing it out of a boat. 
which you you actually have to be pretty wealthy to own a boat. Most people who are fishermen um, in Capernaum and in the different places where there would be a large body of water to fish are are um, they're fishing off the beach, um, and they're actually doing it out of a boat. And in fact, it looks like they've got business partners. That's actually who James and John are. It's their business partners, and they've got a boat too. Uh, and so when you look at like the house that they think they're fairly certain is Peter's house, um, it's actually a very good size house for like that period of time. Um, so it would have probably put him in like the upwardly mobile, um, probably top 10% of wage earners. Um, and so actually sometimes we think of Peter in a certain way, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Um, they are probably running a small business that was fairly successful for the first century. Um, all that to be said, Peter, they're at his house. Um, Jesus's actual blood relatives show up, particularly his mom, his sainted mother, and his brothers who are not necessarily the greatest of people in the gospels. Um, and he uses this time to make a point where he's like, Hey, uh, they are family, but like, these are also my mother and my brothers, um, pointing at the 12 apostles that he's just appointed. Um, and the thing I was thinking about this morning, and we've, I, I taught on this a couple of months ago, and talk about like how Jesus is forming a new family. Um, and the thing that we get to be part of is that when we're brought from death to life, we recognize um, that the new family we're part of, that it is that blood is involved like there is in our current family. Like we share blood with our current biological family. But now we share blood with brothers and sisters of Jesus all over the world because it's Jesus' blood that we're sharing. Um, and I was praying this morning thinking about this, and I, f- I think the, the question the Lord at least asked me to wrestle with for the day, um, I'm trying to think how to exactly phrase it, um, like what are the characteristics of faux family? Meaning, like what are the ways in which we can fake pretend to be family and like, like what are the what are the characteristics when, like you know intellectually, you're supposed to be family with a group of people, but that you're not actually family. Um, like another way of looking that, at that are what are the ways in which you know you're in a real family, um, and you're not experiencing those things in this new family that we're part of. Uh, and so, for if you're listening, if you happen to be listening. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about in our morning prayers, and maybe as you go about your day-to-day, you'll be thinking about that.